Fantasia.cc podcast. The Fantasia International Film Festival is back, and it's mostly remote because COVID isn't over, everybody. Uh, as we do every year, 9to5.cc is going to be watching movies and releasing podcasts, and this is that show. If you enjoy the show, uh, the people who do this 9to5 Goes to Fantasia podcast, myself, Scott, and John, have a bi-weekly show called 9ES that you can also find on uh, all wherever you get your podcasts if you just look for the 9to5 Entertainment System or 9ES or however you want to find it. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends, uh, sit back, I don't want to waste your time. Uh, here is an episode of 9to5 Stays In for Fantasia. Episode 5 of the Fantasia Podcast. Can you believe it? <laughs> I know. I it's Can amazing. you believe it? It's Fantasia and it's almost done by the time you're hearing this i think it ends tomorrow this is probably the final episode of the 9es crew staying home for fantasia on this episode we're going to talk about agnes we're going to talk about the movie that i talked about or that i mentioned in the last episode beyond the infinite two minutes and john say woodlands the name. dark and days bewitched woodlands a dark uh, days enormous days. documentary about uh full core folk horror which um we love <laughs> usually you, very much so actually and having just finished watching this thing um like i'm i'm, I'm like excited to see more all right but i'll, I'll uh, get into that yeah all right so i think i'm gonna kick yours. it off of the movie that i was the least excited to talk about um oh. which is agnes by mickey reese mm-hmm. so it had like a, a promising like i mean well the the premise is basically just yeah like a nun gets possessed and then like her exorcism goes awry or whatever like and if you watch the trailer it looks like it's going to be that and you're like okay, okay that's fine that doesn't that's like sound a, bad yeah, that that you're like that's a premise we've seen before and it looks real slick and I gotta say for from a purely direction point of view it looks really really cool it looks like a kind of like a modern slick take on a lot of that like 70s like satanic panic style cinema like like with the colors like either super muted or super saturated kind of like the 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 car pulling up in the up to the church with like the zoom up up on the grill and stuff like a lot of shots that you're sort of like equate with stuff like the omen or is is it a little sam raimi little little not not super sam raimi much much more grounded in the like the religious horror stuff like like not not in the like zany zany horror right uh cool scenes of like the priests walking and whatever the the cons- the the thing that you get pretty early on in the film though is that the priest doesn't really believe in exorcisms and just kind of believes that they might just be psychotic breaks mm-hmm. and the film kind of goes out of its way to blur the line as to w- which one it is okay. which is kind of which is kind of neat yeah don't get me wrong like it is it is kind of cool like the most aggressive thing that anyone who is like using air quotations possessed does is like bite people in the face which is like not supernatural or anything okay. there's there's right. no levitating chairs or um climbing on the nope. walls nope none, none of that so and the movie like i said i think the movie that's the i guess the the interesting part of the movie is that there's a lot of conversation about like why why do they even work you know like if there if there aren't such a thing as as real possessions why would it work and like and the, even the the priest guy like the main priest character goes out of his way to 
to be like maybe to some people like have a, a certain faith and like these psychotic breaks and like they they they're looking for absolution in some way and it's but it's probably actually like based on actual mental trauma and whatever. So that part's all kind of fun because it is like shot like a traditional like horror thing. But then there's like maybe these are just crazy people who and who also put enough like weight behind the church that it needs to be like a man of God or whatever that like lets them loose. The reason I'm not that excited about the movie is like it never really uh, shits or get off the pot in one way or the other. The the titular Agnes appears to so yeah spoilers incoming appears to die like kind of in the middle of the movie maybe <laughs> or she's just off screen like she's just sort of like she went away and they don't talk about her anymore and then it's like and then another woman leaves the nunhood and has basically like a terrible time after she's left the sisterhood and then believes that the demon that was in Agnes is in her but or is that just her having a a psychotic break after being like cloistered for so long and going out into the real world and being like kind of like sexually abused and whatever else and sort of like taken okay. advantage of by the real world and then the final scene is just her kind of talking to a priest being like man how do i know god exists and then he's like he kind of does this weird explanation about a sandwich and then he's <laughs> like but i guess at the end of the day you don't really know credits and you're like, okay, thanks for, thanks for using my time, Agnes, I guess. Like, it doesn't pick a lane. and It kind of almost doesn't of, even sound like a horror movie. Well, I mean, multiple people get their faces bit. And, like, there's enough, okay. like, there's enough stuff that's, like, shot spooky that, like, yeah. it, it, it certainly, certainly, I mean, and, like, this is the thing. It, it is um, in the Camera Lucida uh I guess what what's the word selection of Fantasia. Mm -hmm. So I was expecting something a little more artsy and a little less uh, traditional, right? Because we see sure, a lot of sure. the, a lot of the, the weirder stuff in that uh, in those selections. So, but at, even even then, I was just sort of like, it's over, and like like to the point where I had to like I had to rewind and rewatch the conversation with the priest and the girl at the end to be like, all oh, right, this is the climax. I should be just really pay attention to it, focused on this. See one. if I'm like if I missed anything and they did reveal what the movie was about and they kind of don't <laughs> like, like I watched that whole conversation twice at the end of the movie just to make sure that I was like, did I miss the point? And I like to think I'm relatively at least like, like well read and can read subtext. And like, I'm trying to like think in context about like, this is the last scene of the film that I'm expected to like, yeah, the you last sound a little disappointed altogether. Yeah, like this is the last yeah. clue to what, to tie together what I just watched. So I'm going to watch it again, paying it's, extra attention. It sounds to me like you didn't pay attention to the very start of the movie when it said, Agnes, brought to you by Subway. Because mm. the point to me was like, obvious, it's about sandwiches. All right. <laughs> you can find <laughs> God fresh. in a sandwich. Yeah. yeah, it's it's weird. And like, and even and it is kind of great because even like his explanation with the sandwich is like, pretty weak like also like very clearly on purpose you know like he's supposed to he goes, he's like the young priest who like assisted the 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 air quote so-called exorcism and whatever else and he, he she was like do you do you believe in it now and she he's like i don't know i just saw a crazy girl bite an old man's face <laughs> like what does that mean he's like i think that means it was like a sick girl one way or the other okay you know, like, so who's this for uh, uh i mean you it's for you john i guess uh -huh. Um, yeah, I know you like a challenging, like thought-provoking movie that has like more questions than answers. Sometimes, sure, sure, that can be uh, that could be a thing for you. But like, that's right. literally, if you want something that is pretty slick that has something to say 
but is not uh, beating you over the head with it. And I'm not sure what it really is to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I feel that I feel like my, my, my take on this is that if it was a little, a little bit something, and I'm not even sure what that was, if there was like a missing ingredient that if it had, it would be like really thought provoking. And I'd be like thinking about it a lot without mm-hmm. necessarily like giving me more answers, but just doing something just a little different where I was just sort of like, oh man, okay, like, so you know when you're like, like you know know, when you eat and you're like, what did I watch? And you're like, that's a good question. We don't need to dwell on this too much, but I, I no, mean, no, for no. some reason I'm thinking about Midsommar where you can come away from that movie and think like, what happened? Was there a supernatural craziness or was it all just drugs? You know, there, it was like thought provoking in its s- simplicity, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, like well, that—that's it. It's like that's Midsummer and Hereditary, and I guess we, which is a good lead into the movie that you watch. Midsummer yeah. and Hereditary—they, I think, have those ingredients where you're like, even though you're not, you don't have all your answers on first viewing, you're like compelled to think about what you saw. And I feel that with Agnes, you 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 don't get. Okay. You're just like, mm. okay, cool, that's it's done. Yeah, but you mentioned Midsummer. I did. And Hereditary, which which does sound like folk horror to me. It sure does. So, yeah, Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched is a uh, enormous three three hours and 15 minute uh, documentary about folk horror by Kiru Lajanis. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, in, in like it doesn't dwell on any one film for longer than a couple of minutes. And maybe mm-hmm. it goes back and forth to like the heavy hitters of the, of the folk horror genre in particular, it names three, uh, Witchfinder general blood on Satan's claw and the wicker man, obviously the original one, um, as the, like the OG folk horror movies, but then mm-hmm. over three and a hours and 15 minutes, it just like references one other movie after the other, after the other, after the other. And it kind of collects them into, into, you know, there, there's like a theme for maybe a half hour. And then there's a theme for another half hour and a theme for another half hour. But man, it touches so many different movies and just references the, you know, interesting bits from that one, where it fits in the, in the constellation. Mm-hmm. Um, does, does it get into the, like the, the thing that I was at least somewhat interested in was like, I understand the history of them in the film, but like yeah. I think that the the lure to me was always that they appear they were kind of based in like actual folklore that could be centuries old, even though they're only coming to film kind of like nowish, right? Like yeah. even Wicker Man's relatively modern. I mean, it, it starts off. I had never really considered it this way, but the 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 opening section that they collect movies under is like British folk horror. And mm-hmm. then they mentioned that, like, the core of folk horror really is a British thing. It's like the pagan tradition of the past, darkness mm-hmm. unknown, contrasted with the present known Christianity safety, right? Okay. And then the, the unknown element of past knowledge and darkness and danger is the horror element through line that runs through here. And they spend a lot of time talking about, like, British, the British tradition. But then, honestly, an hour, maybe even an hour and a half of the movie is, like, international folk horror and going, what are the legends, folk stories, past unresolved horrors that are relevant to other parts of the world? And holy schmoboli, do some of them sound crazy. Like, they, they talk about a Polish... Uh, Israeli horror movie called Demon that is like d- the the past unknown dark element is directly of like a like a little village refusing to deal with having been active participants in the Holocaust and uncovering mm-hmm. a, like a Jewish dead like a, on hundreds of corpses or um, a movie called Il La Lilorna which is a Mexican Guatemalan folk horror I movie. I saw that. 
yeah last that, year at Fantasia. It, yeah. Well, anyway, so it's about, um, uh, it's kind of about the conquistadors and a woman spirit who uh, betrays her husband, uh, her children die, and she comes back angry and, and whatever. And it does this, oh, tuk, 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 all kinds of different places, African cinema, hoodoo and voodoo, Japanese stuff, Philippine stuff. It's just like on and on and on, all these different uh, different references. So it was it was fun. But it was like a lot to absorb, you know, like you're just hearing movie after movie after movie. Yeah, that that was kind of what like um, veered me away from it was I was like, hey, it was a long runtime. And even the trailer, it just it it looked like a really long Wikipedia article, which is <laughs> <laughs> like which is, is not to say it's not informative or anything. But I was like, wow, can I sit down and, and watch this? because it did seem like that it was just like a collection yeah. of you're just sort of like this is what this genre is that sounds a lot like the australian one what was the name of that one the aussie b-movie uh, not quite hollywood not quite hollywood but at least not quite hollywood seems like it made stuff that was approachable as it was referencing it so one grim, thing after grim, grim, grim and dark and whatever it was all zany stories from the sets of yeah. these australian movies but also there, not, there is a like there's a thing about like foreign language films like there's only so many you can like well, these are get excited language. about not all yeah. but if if they're throwing you know going through the eastern european tradition and then down into africa and you're just getting into movies that you have little of no chance of ever being able to see even if i don't one know of them man does. i had seen a surprising number of the movies that they talked about I'm not, in nowhere am i saying in like 50 percent or whatever but like you know if you recognize one every 10 minutes in a movie like this i feel like that's pretty good and it's largely from just putting things on in uh shutter and just having yeah. like oh this wacky movie looks interesting and and Sure enough, a whole I mean, bunch a, of them. A decade plus of going to Fantasia plus Shudder. Like I feel yeah. that we've also we have a, a pretty wide berth of genre film that may not be. And like that that's us. That's you as a as a, like a self styled horror genre fan. And you're like yeah. saying yeah. less than fifty percent of these movies you heard oh, of. Way less, way less. And but at the same time, it's kind of exciting, you know, because you get to see all these 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 other movies referenced. There was a long Australian section, long, long, but, long. But does long, it have any? Does it? So yeah. the question for my question was, does it have anything to say? Because like I think I think that like not quite Hollywood was telling the story of like why those movies got made how they got made because of the, like mm -hmm. the logistics and then was like crazy stories about them and then also kind of talked about how they would go on to inform other uh productions so that was like the story not, of not so much I, th I think Does it was really have... it, it, it worked it like it, at like defining the genre a little bit mm -hmm. in the sense of like here are a wide range of themes that that you would consider to be folk horror and here's why there's like a wide array of interviews including mark eggers who did who directed the witch and they they, they referenced a lot of Ari Aster's movies, but he wasn't, he wasn't actually in it. At least I, I don't think he was. Mm -hmm. um, and so they kind of pull a bunch of movies that you wouldn't really expect to be considered folk horror in. For example, Pet Cemetery or Amityville Horror or um, Sleepy Hollow or like okay. The Shining. There's like a Native American burial ground kind of theme. And they got it. They got a Native American guy to be like, if you're talking about a Native American burial ground, you are not like, that's not a thing that exists. Because there is no 
Native American to have a burial ground. Everybody's, you know, there's like a 30 different nations that lived in North America and they're all going to have their own traditions. They're going to yeah. result in different, different things. Yeah. It was pretty funny. But, but like, you don't necessarily think of Pet cemetery as being folk horror, but it kind of is. It's like burying yeah, things guess, in because... the past and, 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 at, at, you know, attracting the attention of spirits or energies that, that existed from before and that have been forgotten. I would also I would also go kind of get into I mean I don't know if they get into it but uh, like American Horror Story Roanoke right like that mm. was didn't that talk was... about American Horror Story at all didn't even come yeah up. yeah but that's it but the whole yeah. Roanoke season is yep. that yeah <laughs> right <laughs> like here's another good one Candyman would you consider that folk horror it kind of is there's there's like hoodoo magic in there and the way it it takes place downtown but it's shot like in the in the projects with nobody yeah. around it's got this weird kind of I wouldn't say Candyman normally, but with the the trailer for the new Candyman, that's definitely yeah. leaning into that that kind of style. So anyway, if you're into horror movies, I, I would recommend giving it a watch. It might get boring. You might break it up into two into two goes, but the interviews are lively, and the the movies that they point at, like they they find what is exciting about all of them, even when you can tell it's like a schlocky '60s vampire yeah. movie with a big twist or whatever. Someone else who saw it said that like it would have been absolutely well served as like a three-part netflix miniseries yeah yeah <laughs> like where you're just sort of like just like like find the breaks where it makes sense and then do three hours one 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 yeah you know like Might make like it a little score. more palatable yeah 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 like like high yeah. score the the toys that made us or whatever like imagine if the toys that made us was a three and a half docu- hour documentary about toys but you're like no, we did, no. yeah we I mean did, we Steve... did he-man and transformers and whatever if you jam it all together it is that but like knowing where the split is makes it digestible mm-hmm. but that's that's what i'm saying this movie doesn't sound approachable because while i could watch the toys that made us as a three and a half hour documentary like i understand that i'm an extreme niche market for that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i don't know if i can sit down and watch this folk horror documentary with the same um gusto that john has well i'm happy <laughs> to be the target audience for this one and to have found right. it yeah, glad you enjoy it. And and I guess yeah, that it, it seems like the target audience is really like if you're like, not to necessarily say like connoisseur or aficionado, but I think you need to have like a, a deep interest of genre and then like exploring it. You know, like it, it sounds yeah. almost like a film studies course kind of. A little like, bit. If you're if you're into horror, I think you could have fun with this anyway. You don't have to watch the whole thing in one go. You know, you take your time with it. Yeah. Did you watch Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kicks? Yeah, or... it was fucking awesome. Yeah. See, like, if but if this movie if was, was more brisk, like that, a little exciting. more pop culture. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. like popcorn. Yeah. I don't, I, know. I don't know that folk horror is, is, is like, trying to be popcorn, though. It's something about the, the movies. Horror, in general, will have a little bit more of a serious bend, unless you're doing comedy horror. But I don't know that that's a thing that you do in folk horror. And... You know, when when they say it's a movie about about, you know, a wedding and then it turns out to actually be about the Holocaust. I don't know that you're going to have a lively, a lively yeah. survey of these dark themes and of the, the, the darkness of human history as a, as a subgenre of horror films. You know, I've also always thought it was just it, it, it's just it's an interesting and, and I personally think has always been a more a more serious subgenre of horror. Yeah. Uh, on on account of the fact that the theme is is really uh like you said it like like it just with like conquistadors or like like on the native american cemetery or what whatever whatever misunderstanding it's about it really is about like humanity kind of like misunderstanding like the ancient 
will of the earth kind of thing, right? Like the witch. There, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like that there's some sort of like, there are things that are like best not known and whatever. And, and usually, and usually there's a lot like hubris involved, mm-hmm. like, or, or at the very least, like naivete, <laughs> you know, like, and that's someone gets, gets mixed up into stuff that they don't understand. And it's way worse that they have. And that's usually, that's, I think like, the general commentary of the genre mm-hmm. is like you said, hiding behind either like, the, the the modern like shell of being protected or the like christian shell of being protected depending on the era of just being like we will hide behind civilization and your civilization does not protect you is kind of the the theme of all the movies right yeah. like john would you maybe... say the would you say the 13th warrior would fit in there hmm. i'm trying to think of like the most hollywood version you know, I, would, I, I would and... have to re-watch it because I think I know like in my memory it's about the Beowulf myth and Grendel and and whatever but I don't know that that is present in the film quite so much well they're, they're cannibals they're... they live underground they you well, know, I mean hereditary was a very popular movie though so I, yeah. I think that might be the biggest one I'm, I'm trying to think of one that would fall under it without saying that it falls under it right well I mean in a certain way you can the shining. Shining, Shining is definitely one. I would say a lot of the Stephen know. King stuff. I don't know if that's a folk horror. It's a bit of a stretch that one. They don't they don't that, sit on that one too much. That's that's why I started trying to think of other movies because that they seems put to me like of, they're trying to um, name drop something and say like, look, look, it's actually yeah, like it, it, it's, it's, it's very where, little attention. Yeah, like the where I kind of get like it's almost like. How do the Lovecraftian stuff like it and Cthulhu and whatever else like 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 the ancient cosmic evil because folk horror seems very grounded. It's like it is from this earth. Yeah, and it's very much a, it's it's about people. The um, yeah, they mention H.P. Lovecraft a lot, but they don't they don't talk about you know like the big cosmic stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's because like like to me like at least the the one of the underlying things is that it's usually like even if it is supernatural, it's like a spirit of this earth, not yeah. like a cosmic level entity that is now messing with you. Like it is they, like they do a section ground or whatever American South. So like hillbillies and that kind of stuff. And they mentioned Texas chainsaw massacre as like a perversion of the old ways of the family mm-hmm. that leads to horror. Yeah. yeah. Well, a movie like dig two graves. That, that would be, I can see that falling in. Yeah. Maybe. Cool. Yep. There you go. There um, you go. At least it's good discussion. Food for thought yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I could see it having a having a pretty good run, uh, pretty good time watching it. It's just that that runtime just really, really shook me yeah. off. Yeah, I was like, hey, I could watch two movies or this one. Yep. <laughs> um, so finally, the last movie that we're going to talk about in our series uh, is also my pick. I think from the, the my favorite movie that I saw at Fantasia this year, um, called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Mm. So I love me some uh, like when a low budget movie that is very smart and clever, like wows me, even though it doesn't have uh, much going on at least or at least like much going on in the way of production. Right. Like making making small things work is one of my favorite things to see <laughs> on camera that doesn't have like a ton of bells and whistles and just makes it real clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film is by Junta Yamaguchi. Uh, it is 70 minutes long. It is nearly it's it's shot very much to appear like a single take okay like i don't i don't believe it is actually a single take but it is it is very much shot that way the premise is basically there's a dude uh living in tokyo 
and he finds out that there's a camera and a television or he lives he lives above the cafe that he works at and mm-hmm. slash owns and he finds out that there's a television downstairs that is two minutes in the future from upstairs hmm. <laughs> so like it comes on and he's just sort of like he's like hey i'm you from the future you're looking for a guitar pick it's under the pillow and he's like what and then looks and he's like quick come downstairs and tell me that he's like what and then like runs downstairs <laughs> and then sees himself looking for the guitar pick and that's like that's like the first time it happens he's like it's under the pillow and then it's like the same thing happens and it just like right. his buddies kind of get like pulled into it and like it gets weirder and weirder and they're, they start to they then bring like the television from upstairs downstairs and point it at them because then they're like so as soon as two minutes from now we're going to see us put the t- television on the other side and then we're going to wait a few minutes and then the camera like two or three TVs deep is going to be 10 minutes in the future and that's going to be like <laughs> more useful to us and the film is uh, is timed perfectly like it is always two minutes like to the second like when a guy says hey it's under the pillow when he yeah. goes downstairs and says it it's that is two minutes has passed exactly like every loop is timed perfectly and like I said all done kind of like and there's clearly some editing but like all done like single shot style you know like awesome it's great and it's like it's cute and it's quaint and it's also really funny because like stuff starts going like they believe that there's like this good news coming to them from the future but like often it's kind of bad news but then they were like but wait we need to act like it's good news because that's how it was and like if we (laughs) don't do that then what are the repercussions of it so like even though we're upset we seemed happy in the video so now we need to pretend to be happy so that our past selves do the correct thing (laughs) to get us here Jeez. So, yeah. 70 minutes <laughs> though so it's in and out yeah in and exactly that's it yeah. but as soon as they start getting into it you're like it's pretty fun like 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 one of the characters is just sort of like like when he pops up and he's in the like one of like the far away screens i think like maybe like 12 minutes or whatever in the future he like shows up and he's just sort of like he's like zebra pill bug from the like uh like like from the what did they call them uh you know like the little like the, the toy dispensary things in japan Huh? Vending machines? Yes, vending machines, but are they called like gotcha machines or whatever or something? There's like a name for them. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. But whatever it is, he's like, Zebra Pillbug, you finally get it. <laughs> like, and he's like, Woo, I gotta go. And he just like runs out the door. A bunch <laughs> of stuff goes haywire in the next like 12 minutes. And he comes back and everyone's like super serious. And he's just sort of like, okay, like things have gone haywire, but he's like, wait a second. I'm about to tell myself about the zebra pillbug. And like puts on the happy face and like jumps into the camera and he's like zebra pill <laughs> like just like <laughs> super happy so that he doesn't like mess with the past because he's like I wasn't here when that guy came in so I can't be here like when he goes I need to convince myself to like get out of here with my like levels of of joy from the vending machine thing. This sounds like good fun. It is. It's it's really good fun and it's uh it's really cute. The uh, the ending is a little uh, a little banane. Mm-hmm. Um. Be, be, and I mean, well, basically, the time police show up and they're like, "Stop this!" And they're like, "Okay," <laughs> and that's kind of the. And then, like, the main character and the like, the love interest just sort of like actually get to have a real conversation that's not like being influenced by by time travel stuff. Hmm. But uh, yeah, no, really, really, like, funny, and the concept is really good. And then when you uh, during the credits, they show a little bit of a, a how they make it, like super low budget like single camera like 
shot on a on a very fancy phone so they can like maneuver it around and even some of the like the single take stuff as they're moving they have like people like crawling out of frame there's always like a clock on the time so people can like see their time so they make sure all the time matches up like awesome it's uh yeah like it it looks like they i mean my guess is it was like meticulously like written and planned but then probably shot in like a weekend like but i think that the like the filmmakers probably like planned it all out beat for beat almost perfectly before they even like started recording because they they even when they're they're looking at it and they have it like storyboarding they have like the second counters and stuff like that on the whiteboard like before they're even filming like to be like hey this has to line up like it's one of those things where i was like if it didn't line up i wouldn't know <laughs> you know like i was like i'm i'm used to as a wrestling fan i'm used to uh, an open interpretation of what every 90 seconds means <laughs> <laughs> royal rumble <laughs> like so like mm-hmm. if it, if it didn't line up time wise i would be like whatever it was still a fun good idea that was like well executed but then it also lines up meticulously just to be like kick it into that other gear uh yeah i thought it was like super fun super smart and that the epitome of like there's no other way i probably would be watching this film yeah other than fantasia and and like super super glad that i did and if anyone was just sort of like like if you wanted like like a rom-com suggestion and you didn't mind that it was like a subtitled Japanese movie, you could recommend this to anybody and they'd be hmm. like, so charming, so fun. And like, what, say the name again, beyond the infinite two minutes, beyond the infinite two minutes. Neato. Mm-hmm. Would be cool. like a super cute date movie to yep. just about anybody. As long as they didn't mind a, a subtitled Japanese film, a masterpiece of filmmaking packed with joy. That's the quote on the cover. And I, I tend to agree very, very like, like I said, and just like has that wow factor of low budget, but like how time and meticulous and like love of the craft can make up for the fact that there's basically no budget to be seen. But it still looks good. Like that's the other thing, too. When I'm saying low budget and shot on a phone, it's like shot on a very good phone and like by people who know how to move the camera or whatever. Like it, this looks better than a lot of the other like low budget stuff that we've seen. Yeah, <laughs> like, those new yeah. phones shoot 4K. So Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. This isn't this is this does not look bad. It's and a and you don't really realize that it could be shot on a phone because it's all interior shots. So there's no like there's never a purpose for a wide angle like big big framed shot. It's like inside right. a cafe, inside his room and alternating between the two and going up and down the stairs. So mm-hmm. You never like your eye never like realizes that all the shots are maybe in a tighter frame than you like would think. Well, that's how you plan a budget for a script. Get one location, <laughs> two sets, <laughs> two sets. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's it. The stairs, but connecting the two. Yep. The end. I loved it. On my uh, my Fantasia pick of the year. Um, so I think that's it. Like I said, I might uh, might watch a movie or two tomorrow. I don't know if we'll do another one of these, but probably not. We're, we're Fantasia's winding down. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year. Hopefully, we can see movies in theaters again. I do miss the Fantasia crowd and the audience. Do you remember seeing um, what was that Indian Bollywood movie, Tiger Singham? Everybody's Singham. in. Everybody's Singham. in the audience Singham. cheering and Singham. laughing and having a good old time. I kind of miss miss yep. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. Like like uh, we I didn't Samurai watch it. Cop. Samurai, Samurai Cop. Cop also. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't watch it. I missed it. But there was like that uh, that 70s horror movie that was like restored or whatever. Like that would have been fun to go see in a big packed Fantasia theater stuff. Like watching yeah. a, a restored 70s horror classic and all that stuff. Like, yeah. Like Manos, Hands of Fate. 
Yeah. Oh boy, it was just as terrible as seeing it not restored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. It's yeah. the I do I do miss the um the the audiences in general. I miss audiences, you guys. <laughs> I miss seeing and connecting with people over art. Right. Uh, I think this was Fantasia, everybody. Closing thoughts. Suicide Squad was a really good movie, and you can see why they premiered it at Fantasia being a really smart choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we did we did the episode talking about it, and but it was <laughs> like for for our, our boy James Gunn definitely got his start in genre film. And good on you, buddy. Look at him now, no. mom. <laughs> He's making genre films that make hundreds of millions of dollars. Exactly. Is um, it? I haven't I haven't followed. I, I, I'm sure that it's Suicide doing Squad well, but it's. We'll talk about this on 90s, you guys. <laughs> this is this is what happens when Hollywood blockbusters go to streaming, and what does it mean for them, and are they successes or failures? And Scarlett Johansson. That's uh, great. Plugging ourselves. Yeah, that that's a plug for our regular show. If you're enjoying the Fantasia episodes, we do every the three of us every two weeks do a show called the Nine to Five Entertainment System. It's been going on for ten years. We have 240 episodes, each one perfection. There's no misses. All hits from <laughs> a decade ago in time. Uh, yeah, so give those a listen. They're a lot like the Fantasia stuff, only we talk about all Nothing. movies and video games and pop culture nonsense and stuff like that. Right on. Thanks for having us, Fantasia. We love you. Oh, hey there, loyal person who sticks around after the podcast to listen to the outro of a podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. If this podcast is fun for you, if you like to hear us talking about Fantasia movies, obviously share it, tell people about it. We do this just about every year. Uh, and for the rest of the year, uh, I also host a podcast called Go Plug Yourself, where we talk to uh, interesting Montrealers, sometimes uh, interesting Montreal filmmakers uh, from time to time, uh, every two weeks. And that alternates with our other podcast, 9ES, which is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System, where myself and Scott who you just heard on this episode, uh, along with another one of our friends, John, uh, basically talk about geek pop culture, movies, comics, video games uh, every two weeks that alternates with Go Plug Yourself. Uh, so yeah, tell people about this show, tell people about our shows, go listen to some of our podcasts, go listen to podcasts in general, and uh, I guess watch uh, Fantasia movies and continue to support genre cinema. Thank you. 905.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics. Maine in Montreal since 2011.